The Old, the Old Testament reading for Transfiguration Sunday is from Deuteronomy 34 chapter, beginning in the first verse. <clears throat> then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negeb, and the plain, that is, the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there was not arisen, there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants, and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is from the letter to the Hebrews, third chapter, first verse. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast to our confidence and our boasting in our hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter. Now about eight days after these sayings, <clears throat> Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my Son, my Chosen One. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found to be alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We can... Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Transfiguration Sunday does mark the end of Epiphany. We are still in the Epiphany season, but next Sunday we will be in the Lenten season. Uh, this Epiphany, we are focusing on the incarnation of Jesus and the continuing revelation of who this man is. The season here culminates on the top of a mountain where Jesus is revealed in all of his glory. His face is changed. Luke says it is altered. Uh, Matthew and Mark, they use the word transfigured before them. Metamorphos is the, the kind of English word for that Greek word. His clothes become dazzling white and then a cloud comes down and envelops them all. And maybe you've been in thick fog before. That's, that's maybe what it would have been like. And Peter and James and John are amazed there on the mountain to find themselves in the presence of God. Moses and Elijah certainly. But the cloud envelops them. They don't see Moses and Elijah anymore, but they hear the voice of God out of the cloud. This is my son. Listen to him. And this, I think, for the Jews who, were, who knew their scriptures would uh, be reminiscent of another mountain where another of God's prophets is in the presence of Almighty God as Moses spends 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai in a thick cloud. God's commands to the people being written on stone tablets by the very finger of God. And Moses then, as he comes down the mountain, after the second set of tablets, he comes down the mountain and it says that his face is radiant. His face is glowing. 
because he's been there in the presence of God. Our epistle lesson today tells us that we ought to consider something. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. And then the writer continues, For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Well, that, the fact that Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses is, is attested to by the writers of the New Testament. It's pretty obvious, probably, to those of us who are gathered here today. No one here has come today to give glory to Moses. Although Moses was pretty great, <laughs> but Jesus is far greater. But, but for a moment here, let's put ourselves in the shoes um, of these three disciples here who don't know yet what you and I know. We'll stand for a moment in their sandals. And for these three, this claim that anyone or anything is greater than Moses must have come as quite a shock. As they climbed up the mountain that day with Jesus, were, were they thinking about mountains? Mountains in the scriptures are significant. And perhaps as the three of them are selected from among the disciples, uh, Jesus says, come on, we're going to the top. Were they thinking of the other mountains in scripture that they knew about? Mount Sinai, Moses, and the nation of Israel receiving the law, as they, and uh, before they head on their way to the promised land, or, or maybe Mount Moriah, where Abraham is told to sacrifice his son Isaac, and, and then at the very end, the last moment, God provides a ram instead. Maybe Mount Carmel, where the prophet Elijah goes head-to-head -head with the prophets of Baal, great contest, and fire comes down from heaven, uh, and burns up Elijah's sacrifice while the prophet, while the uh, the god Baal is is uh, absent somehow. These are the stories that Peter, James, and John would have heard, would have rehearsed uh, as small children. You know, you have that scene there. Uh, Good night, son. Tell me a story, Dad. <laughs> it's late. Go to sleep, please. Just one. Tell me about Moses. And then would come that story of slavery in Egypt and the, the baby saved from death on the water and uh, being raised in the house of Pharaoh and then fleeing because he killed the, the Egyptian, meeting God on the mount at the burning bush, his return to Egypt, the ten plagues, the salvation of the nation at the Sea of at the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, the giving of the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai there, Moses' glowing face, manna in the wilderness, water from the rock, not to mention that the first five books of the scripture were written by this wonderful prophet. No one, it said, had seen God the way that Moses had, who met with him face to face. I'm sure by then, little Peter, James, and John would be fast asleep. But these are true stories, world-forming stories 
for Peter, James, and John. And as they reach the top of this mountain, they suddenly find themselves not just with Jesus, but with their hero, with Moses himself, and Elijah to boot. Consider Jesus, the author of Hebrews urges us. And the voice of the Father up on the mountain is even more direct, less of an invitation, more of a command. This is my Son, my Chosen One. Listen to Him. Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses, than any of the heroes of Peter, James, and John. Jesus is far greater. Consider Him. Peter has what seems like a good idea. Let's, let's camp out a little while here. Let's hang out. But did he perhaps see the moment as a chance to glorify Moses, to glorify Elijah? Had they, these disciples, failed to recognize that the one that they had followed up the mountain was in fact the glory of God in the flesh? God's voice from the cloud makes it clear. Listen to this one, to my son, Jesus worthy of so much more glory than Moses. And you know, and the disciples will soon learn that God's vision of glory very often looks more like shame. And that's not in their minds at this point, not even in the, their vocabulary. And so today we consider Jesus who is worthy of more glory than Moses. Mo Moses is from old. At Peter, James, and John's time, Moses is a long time ago, 1,400 years. People have been flocking to Moses for years, but Jesus was with God in the very beginning. Moses did part the sea, but Jesus walked on the water. Moses prayed and gave the Israelites bread in the desert, but Jesus is the living bread from heaven. Moses made water flow from the rock, but Jesus is living water. Moses wrote words of sacred scripture, but Jesus is the word, the very word of God. Moses guided Israel to the very verge of the promised land. But Jesus takes us all the way in, takes us to heaven. Moses was buried there near Mount Nebo. Jesus was buried also. He was crucified, died, and was buried. And the third day he rose again from the dead. Moses brought the nation out of slavery to Pharaoh, but Jesus brings us out of slavery to sin, death, and the devil. Live and believe in him, and you will never die. The author to the Hebrews ends our reading today saying, Moses was faithful as a servant in God's house, but Jesus was faithful over God's house because Jesus is the Son. 
What's the difference? Well, John tells us that. He says, a servant doesn't remain in the house forever, but the son does. He remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. So we today should consider Jesus because he offers that freedom to you and to me today. Freedom to live in him and freedom to die in him. And considering Jesus, take heed what the Father says and listen to him. Not just what he says to you about your life, but also the words that he spoke to his disciples just days before his transfiguration. And then again speaks to them on the way down the mountain that he must die and rise and lead from the cross the most glorious exodus the world has ever seen. Jesus is truly worthy of more glory than Moses, but you knew that. You knew that, of course, before you even walked in the door today. But then do we have other people or things that stand for us in the same place, or at least in the place that Moses did for Peter, James, and John? What do we treat as worthy of more glory than Jesus? Is it our, our work, our careers? Is it our ease or our entertainment? Is it maybe our family, children, grandchildren, parents, our spouse? Might it be the voices of our peers? Or maybe it's the most obvious one, ourselves. We so easily spend our precious time, our precious money, our energy, our effort on things that we think will make us happy or make our life easier now or later. Do we at the same time set aside just, just a little time, maybe just on Sunday, expend just a little effort or just what money we think we can spare for Jesus? Regardless of the myriad voices around us that are vying for our attention and for glory, including the voice of our fallen flesh, Hebrews reminds us that we should consider Jesus, who was faithful to the one who appointed him. This is my son, my chosen one, my appointed one. Listen to him. What is he appointed to? Well, God appointed Jesus to be our Redeemer. This is what Jesus was discussing with Moses and Elijah when he was talking about his exodus, his departure from this earth, because that departure would be through death and resurrection, Calvary and the empty tomb. To this, Jesus was appointed, and Jesus was faithful. The writer of our text says later, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. We come down the mountain with Peter and James and John. But the journey, of course, doesn't end at the Mount of Transfiguration. We journey to the cross with our Lord and Savior. We see there the sacrifice that God's great love for us requires. The suffering, death, burial, and resurrection of his own beloved Son. Consider him who was with God in the beginning, who is the glory of the Father. He dwelt among us and says to all who believe in him that we too can be sons and daughters of God. And if he says it, it's true. Because if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.